0: Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, the host of this podcast. And after spending my entire career in the sports industry, I want to continue to find ways to give back. Give back to individuals that want to get in this business or individuals that are currently in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and the clubhousecareers.com. It's crazy. It's season four already. I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path. We're going to discuss three key topics that are currently in this industry, three hustle hot seat questions, and three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now, under our guests this week. Gaining experience early on in your life and your career is always beneficial for the long term. Our next guest started gaining real-life experience early on and has been able to turn that into a very successful career. I'm excited to have Andrew Sidney, Vice President of Ticket Sales at the Washington Commanders. Andrew, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Travis. Excited to be here, fam.
0: Andrew, very excited to have you and certainly dive into your illustrious career. And let's start from the top. You grow up in New York, you attend Ithaca College, and you receive a degree in sports management. And through that time, and, and often this business, we talk about going above and beyond, and, and that's certainly what you did. Is you not only received one, but four different internships. Why was it beneficial for you to gain so much experience?
1: Yeah, now you're. Man, I got to think back to those internships um, that I went through. Uh, it was. It was. It's a long time ago now. It feels like. Um, you know, it was, it was something that for me when I. You know, I was in school, um, wanted to really, you know, I knew I wanted to work in sports, right. I just, I just didn't know, you know, what avenue to get, to get into there. And I felt like the more experiences I had, the better chance of understanding where I would, where I would fit in. And actually through my internships, I found out and learned what, what I didn't want to do. So, um, there was an internship with, you know, the, the Newark bears who are a minor league baseball team where I was in stadium operations and I quickly figured out, I didn't want to do stadium operations. Um, Also had some experience in in PR. Didn't really love that, but I what I learned was I really loved talking to people, and I liked being in a competitive environment. Um, And you know, any experience that gave me a chance to to learn from people around me and be in that sort of sports atmosphere was was important. Um, I drove from Ithaca to Syracuse, you know, twice a week on on weeknights to intern for the Syracuse Crunch, about an hour each way, just. Just to learn how to like manage my time and, and separate experience. me from others. Right. So that was that was huge.
0: No, that's awesome. I think a couple pieces of big advice there is on one end, you know, if you're you're young and looking to get in this business, don't be content with just what everybody else is required to do. And that's one internship. Gain multiple, but then through those internships to your point. And I was the same way. I, I started interning with something that's like, this is not what I want to do. Versus, and and Andrew, we've seen this too many times, right? Somebody's like, This is exactly what I want to do. And they've never really experienced it. Then they get to that job and they last a month because they're like this. I have zero passion for it and can't do it. And so you certainly gained that experience. You mentioned you realize you you love being around people from a sales perspective. And that's where you kind of launched. Your first role was the Frisco Rough Riders in minor league baseball, where you spent nearly five years. You started out in, in inside sales and worked your way up. And thinking back to that time, what's one piece of advice that you would give all listeners that... You think, you know what, I wish I would know back then that I know now.
1: Yeah, I think, Travis, I think for me, the people, the advice I would give is, hey, like, you don't know who's sitting next to you, right? Like, you know, your bosses, right? That's, you know, who hired you, they're there to coach you, to guide you, right? Hopefully you go work for someone that's, you know, you trust and and they're going to help guide your career, but you don't know who you're working with, right? And your colleagues, you know, your bosses, the people who sit beside you, can make a huge difference for you down the road you're going to need their help eventually right whether that's to sharpen your skills right um in sales and role playing uh you know on a on a weeknight or whatever that is um or they could be a huge piece for you moving forward for for that next that next job um so that's that's one thing and then and then just another quick thing is that you know what you do every day really matters right And, and and your brand internally matters um i know you know, we talk about this too, like perceptions, reality, what people what people think of you. So those are two things. I know you asked for one, but I'll give you two.
0: Yeah, I love it. See, again, going above and beyond, ah, even on the answers. Even well, on the answers for you. Andrew, you know, much of, of understanding of the minor league baseball landscape and world is you're really able to get experience doing a little bit of everything. So what was it like for you and your team, knowing that it may be selling tickets one day, helping with a community event the next, and, and the next day is you're a mascot? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was the mascot um once or twice. So I'll give you that off the bat. Is there any knew, like YouTube videos of that? Uh, there's probably something hidden somewhere <laughs> um in the in the Rough Rider uh database somewhere. But yes, I was the I was the mascot once or twice. But look, Travis, one of the reasons I chose Frisco is because of the leaders that were there, right? And the track record of of people that had come through there and it moved on to what I'll call big four, right? Like sports roles. Um, you know, I think. Through my experience with the Rough Riders, we were built like a like a major league team. We just sold minor league tickets, um, which was which was exciting because I got that experience that I felt like I was I would need to eventually move on. Uh, but one of the things that I also, you know, looked at from uh, the minor league standpoint was getting getting that experience in all all different departments, right? And and seeing how those other departments operated. And yeah, like the the minor league mindset is a real thing, and just being able to to pop into a community event. Like you said, if you need a volunteer, hey, I'll be there on a Saturday. Or if you need help on a mascot, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll help out too. And just learning how various departments worked. At the time, I didn't really appreciate it as much as I do now in my current role. Um, and seeing how everything gets put together uh, for a major league team, like like we are here with the commanders, but it was on a smaller scale, but it was really uh, beneficial for me to, to be there and see that, get that experience.
0: You know, and that experience certainly led you down a path of leadership. And you know, your first leadership role with the Rough Riders, and then you joined the NBA's Houston Rockets. And and why was making the transition to professional sports the right move for you at that time?
1: Yeah, I think you know, Frisco was going through some changes, so there was there was that going on. I was, but the main the main piece was I was I was comfortable in my role, right, in Frisco. Um, I'd been doing it for a few years at that point. I felt like I knew the business inside and out, and you know, it kind of was a red flag for me that I was so comfortable. Um, love the city, love the people, love the people working there. My goal had always to been to go to Frisco, spend three to five years there and then end up making a jump to, you know, an NBA team or an NFL team or MLB team. And, and the NBA just made the most sense. As you know, you know, um, the NBA, right, with their background in business and most, if not all of the teams there have a best in class, you know, ticket sales and service team. And I wanted to get that that experience and uh, needed a new challenge and Gretchen and the team with the Rockets, yep. those are the right people to learn from uh, right opportunity for me and the family at the time.
0: No, that's awesome. And you end up spending four years as the Rockets as the director of groups and inside sales. And what would you say was the most difficult part of the transition from, from minors to professional?
1: Yeah, I think luckily, you know, Frisco, like from a selling's like selling chops, we'll call it like that translated well, you know, it's just we were just selling a higher dollar product, right. But selling experience, um, memories, value, that was the same thing um, with with Houston. The one piece that I'll, I'll mention, you know, from a leadership side, right, like I had gone through an experience in Frisco where I was literally managing People, not only the people that were my colleagues at one point, but that I was literally living with at the time, and I had to move out, move out and and start you know kind of branch off and grow up a little bit. Yeah. Um. And that I leaned on that experience when I went to Houston. I was managing folks who were five, six, you know, years older than me, had been selling with the Rockets for a number of years. Um. But you know, really leaned back on that experience I had in Frisco, going through that, transitioning into into Houston. Um. That first few months was. I'll say it was hard, right? Like going through ups and downs, had a lot of long nights, which, you know, uh, is normal. But Justin and myself, um, you know, the team around me leaned on them and eventually started building some really strong relationships with the team and provided value. And we took it from there.
0: Now, that's awesome. Well, Andrew, then after the great tenure with the Rockets, you transitioned to now MLB with the Detroit Tigers for a few years as the director of ticket sales. So NBA to MLB. What do you? What advice do you have for listeners on if they're out there thinking about? And we've all heard it, like, "Oh, I want to work in this sport because I'm a passionate fan." Like, what, what's your advice to listeners on that?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I hear that. I hear that a lot too from like some inside sales folks that we interview, right? Like that transition from from different sport to sport. And I would say it's not the people, it's not the logo. Uh, sorry, it is the people. It's not yep. the logo or the sport. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's totally about the people, right? So it's never. To me, like when I've jumped from, you know, either minor league baseball to NBA to MLB to NFL, you know, it's been it's been about the people who were there and the opportunity that was ahead. Right. So NBA, like we said, does an amazing job with, with Team Bo and, and their best in class practices. But at the time, like I wanted to get an experience that I didn't feel like I was you know necessarily getting in Houston because of how well they were run. Um, and I wanted to go somewhere where I could, you know, really start to build something from, from scratch, um, which is what, which is what Detroit gave us, you know, working with, with Dave and, and Joe and Spencer and Mike at the time who were, you know, all there, right. Really good group of people, um, opportunity to build my network out and really start something from scratch. Um, so it, it doesn't come down to the sport, you know, for me, I think if you, if you know how to sell, it's going to translate to, to any sport that you work in. Um, but more about the people.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned people several times. We obviously talked about the Detroit crew yeah. that we're both still very close with and and multiple, you know, uh, past guests of 52 weeks of hustle as well. And I think, yeah, yeah you know, people lead, everything else follows. And, you know, you transition to the Washington Commanders, where you have been there now for two years and as the vice president of ticket sales, overseeing seasons and groups and inside sales. Now you've worked in the NBA, the MLB, and now the NFL. What's one yep. key similarity and maybe one key difference, in your opinion, in, in those leagues?
1: Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, similarity, like kind of touched on, right. It's, it's the sales process that's, that's going to stay the same. Uh, I think, you know, that right. Like a lot of the listeners probably know that too, from, from some of your past guests, but the sales process is, is going to remain the same, but there are some, you know, key differences, whether that's like the campaign cadence or selling cycle, right. Um, the NFL has less products to sell, so to say it's season tickets, groups, and suites, whereas NBA and MLB have more products. Right. Um, so, those are a couple of things that stand out.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, with the commanders, you and the leadership team have certainly built something special, certainly on the people side and and have had a lot of great opportunities on the business side. What are you most proud of since you joined the the club there?
1: Oh, tough to pick one. Uh, been through a lot from a rebrand, you know, revenue growth. Um, I think probably the most the most thing I'm most proud of is you know when we got here, there was there was maybe ten to twelve sales or service people um that was two years ago now you know upwards where we're upwards of 50 at this point right and we've hired a lot of folks we've trained them given them the tools to be successful change the trajectory of their career and lives and seeing seeing them buy in and uh be rewarded not only financially but with career growth um you know really proud of of seeing how our group has performed over the last two years for sure
2: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Andrew Sidney, Vice President of Ticket Sales of the Washington Commanders. And Andrew, let's get into three hot topics. And question one. We talked a lot about your minor league experience. What is one thing that the minor league teams do well that you believe most professional organizations should implement as well?
1: Yeah, I think it comes to mindset, right? Um, like scrappiness. Uh, you know, I think, and I've been lucky. I've worked for a lot of, I've worked, my all my major league organizations have had have had scrappiness uh, too. Yep. I think you kind of have to be, but um, that's one thing that I will never forget. The hustle and scrappiness from minor league baseball, for sure. And then I think, you know, minor leagues is just like, more creative when it comes to some group sales stuff um, and trying to see what, you know, see if there's things that, that, that can stick here. Um, slightly different, but I love the creativity that comes from the minor leagues too.
0: Yeah. You even, even that higher level of just innovation, like are yep. somebody willing to do a l- little bit different? You know, you see some of these minor league teams that you put that out and a lot of pro teams, like, Oh, I would never do that. And it's like, well, maybe we yep. don't have to go to that extreme. Right. But can you meet in the middle. Yep. And, and question two, Andrew As we discussed with your career, you've made moves and now recently made moves with a family, um, which just provides another dynamic that we've often (laughs) talked about. What's your advice to listeners on just being willing to take that risk and even getting out of their comfort zone a little bit?
1: Yeah, it's not easy, but when I look back at the moves, specifically like moving from New York where I grew up to Frisco, you know, not knowing anybody uh, is the best move I ever made that led to success in my career, but also, you know, personal side with a wife, with three kids, right? We met, we, we, we furthered our relationship down in Frisco, um, taught me a lot about myself, forced me to, like you said, get out of your comfort zone. And I know, you know, this Travis, but when you start, you know, at a new role, right, there's, there's no, there's no way out, right. You gotta, you gotta perform to be successful. Um, and I think there's, something to be said for that. Right. Like, like when you, when you take that next, um, you own that and, and, and there's no, there's no failing. You have to be successful.
0: And I guess along those lines, I guess another piece of advice that, you know, maybe you have for listeners is what is, you know, kind of the opportunities as you go into that new team, what you did at the old team, it might be on your LinkedIn and maybe on your resume, but, but none of that staff sees that. What's your advice on being able to dominate your day right from the get go?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's there's a few things. Um, you know, number one, I, you got to try and really know the numbers of your new organization, right? Going in, understand the history, understand what ha- what's happened. Um, be you know, be a sponge as to as to what's what's gone on with your new organization, um, and really learn from that. And not, you know, my approach is, hey, let's let's take it in first for a little while before we really make any any significant any significant changes. Um, so I think just learning from the past will will help you. You know lay the foundation feel you know, for the future um a big piece too is right building building relationships with your staff quickly identifying who's going to be people that are bought in you know yep. really really diving in with them and and investing into those people and then you know holding others accountable and and finding the right people that that are gonna you know build the organization um into the way that that you want it to 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 go um so yeah you know i think one thing is knowing your numbers the next is knowing knowing the people Um, And then making sure that you're, you know, continually learning right from from the staff.
0: No, I love it. And and question three, you know, shortly after you started your career, you went back and received your MBA. What's your advice on furthering your education as well as maybe when is the right time in your opinion to do it?
1: Yeah, I think um, it's another question I get. From, from many you know, interviews that we go through, like I highly suggest getting some real life experience first, right? Diving in, getting at least a year or two years of sales experience before looking at going back to, to school. Quite honestly, Travis, like I look back at my time. I wish I I wish I waited a little bit longer also. Um, many of the stuff that I learned back then helps me now um, rather than at the time uh, when I was selling. Because you're probably going to be in inside sales or selling for a few years with an MBA or without one. Right. Um, and I think as you move up, um, you can use it for more networking opportunity and learn from other people in, in business. Um, for me, I wanted the NBA. It's just cause I wanted, I didn't want it to be sports focused. I wanted it to be more business focused. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I use more, more out of it now than I did, than I did back then, but, um, definitely beneficial. Just a ma- it's, it's, it's more of a matter of timing than anything else.
0: No, completely understand. Andrew, what a great career. Certainly an exciting journey is as, as you think back, what's been your best memory?
1: Um, I think for me, lots of good memories. Um, Sports wise, it would be game five of the Western Conference finals between the Rockets and the uh, Warriors. Sweet. Rockets won that game to go up 3-2. Thought we were headed to the NBA finals. Um, Chris Paul hurt his hamstring that game. Mm. And, uh, we lost the next two, uh, thought we would end up beating LeBron in, in, the in the NBA finals that year. So that's, that's probably my best sports memory. And then just personally, like my first sale with Frisco, I was out of office, um, coming back, you know, with four seats, ringing, ringing the sales bell, great. that whole thing. Like that'll never forget that.
0: You remember those well, Andrew. ton of great advice. Certainly fun to hear about your journey to end it here. I like put our guests on the hustle hot seats. You ready for this? Ready. Let's do it. All right. We've been on a boat together in the past. If you had your own <laughs> boat, what would you name it? Um, old blue eyes. What's a fashion trend that you would love to see come back? The starter jackets. You remember those? Oh, yeah.
1: Those are awesome.
0: Yes, they I, should definitely come back. I yeah. always feel like with that question in general, like if you just keep your stuff around, eventually it's going to come back in style anyway.
1: A hundred percent. I probably have some in my childhood <laughs> Closet somewhere, but yeah, I wish those came
0: back. I love it. If you could go to dinner with anyone, whether it be alive or, or passed away, who would it be? So, um, old blue eyes, Frank Sinatra.
1: So that's one um, big fan of his, his music and his time, and some of the stories I think would be fun. Civil uh, War buff, so Abraham Lincoln, and then I have three daughters, um, and I think you know, I want them to be athletes growing up. And uh, to me, the most dominant female athlete of at least my generation has been Serena Williams. Serena. So we'd yep. love, to, love to have dinner with with those three.
0: Love it. Well, Andrew, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you would give every listener to be in your shoes one day?
1: Yeah. Um, our friend Joe said this a lot, right? It's a career. It's not a job. Um, yeah. And make sure that you have that, that outlook. I think that that mindset changes how you think about things tremendously. So that would be that would be the first uh, we talked about this a lot, right? People, people over everything, uh, make sure you, you identify the right people you want to work with. Um, and then one, one piece that I you know, picked up from a, a colleague here who I think, um, his name's, you know, uh, you know, well, Ted Glick, he, um, always talked about stories, right? Like find, find the right storyline for your career, um, whether that's a new job or, or what you're working on. Um, and I think that's a really good piece of advice, right? You know, what's your story going to be, uh, chase that next, next great story opportunity in sports.
0: Andrew, thank you so much. What a great career you've had. Always a pleasure talking to you and certainly appreciate your time and expertise. Yeah, thanks for having me, Travis. Enjoyed it. Talk soon. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week.